This is News Talks on the Record. Sean Defoe filling in for Gavin Riley today. Now, it's not every week that a striking piece of early 20th century Irish art makes its way to the upper echelons of the British pop music charts. But so it was this week with Oliver Shepard's remarkable The Death of Coo Cullen bracing the front of the new Fontaine's DC album. Denied by uh, Taylor Swift over there and the Coronas here at home, the album cover has reignited interest in one of Ireland's great artists who helped shape our collective identity of what it meant to be Irish and whose incredible statue gazes on us the window of the GPO. Donald Fallon is here for another edition of Hidden Histories. Donald, good to have you. Nice to be here. So, back in no, studio. Back in studio. I know, it's such a great, it's so weird having guests in around us. You kind of still feel a little nervous. Um, but not nervous around you, of course. Uh, both, both number one and number two, strangely, in the British pop charts, have now evoked Irish past. It was a really curious week, wasn't it? Uh, Taylor Swift has resurrected the the Aaron Jumper in her promotional images for her, her new album. I have to say, it's a brilliant album uh, made in conjunction with some of the lads from The National it doesn't sound like any Taylor mm. Swift album before. It's fantastic. But the Aaron Jumper is back, you know, in a big way, probably at, at levels of popularity uh, unseen since Tommy Makem and the Clancy Brothers, thanks to Taylor Swift. <laughs> but, you know, it was the inspired image choice for the number two album in the British pop charts, A Hero's Death, Fontaine's DC, uh, which caught my attention and which we're talking about here. And a bit like Cullen himself, you know, a, a heroic defeat. It was the Coronas at home and Taylor Swift <laughs> in England. But no shame in number two. Yeah, um, and some listeners, this image uh, kind of when you see it, it is quite evocative, and some would have grown up with it, very prominent in their yeah. younger lives. I mean, there is no death as heroic as that of of Cullen. You know, it comes from Irish mythology uh, and folklore. But I think this image, and I, I see it there in front of you. You know, it, it's it's part of the kind of nation building process of, of early twentieth century Ireland. And we walk by Cullen all the time in the window uh, of of the GPO, and he does seem like the kind of perfect metaphor for for the nineteen sixteen story. You know, mm-hmm. that they went into battle, they didn't win. But as one historian called it, it's like it's like the triumph of failure. You know, the warrior defiant but defeated in battle. And he tied himself upright so that he could die facing his opponents. You know, the old idea mm. that it's better to die on your feet than to live on your knees. But definitely for, for a generation of Irish people, including including my parents without giving their, their age away, you know, it's it's what they will always remember. It's the golden jubilee of the rising, 1966, the 50th anniversary and the principal image of commemoration that year was this great heroic Cucullin. And I think as a record cover, it really works. And if you look at the previous Fontaine's covers on the way here, the singles and the albums, you know, Duffy Circus, the Phoenix Park Lamplighters, Bang Bang, Thomas Dudley. It reminds me of the way the Smiths in Manchester took the kind of iconography of, of that city and made it their own. You know, mm. Coronation Street, Albert Finney, the Salford Lads Club. The Fontaines have kind of done the same thing with an Irish past and they've really taken this great image of Cucullin. Yeah, and it is this kind of Irish attitude that seem to have. You you might beat us, but you'll never beat us. Um, <laughs> which and and kind of fits in with Shepherd as well. Cullen really reminds me of like a, a Italian ninety. You know, the World <laughs> Cup that, that you, the World Cup that you win by just taking part. That in. a certain generation of people think we won the World Cup itself. You know, uh, but uh, sorry, Shepherd's background. Yeah, Shepherd's background is great. I mean, he's born in in Tyrone, eighteen sixty five, into a Protestant background, and and he kind of comes to public prominence in Dublin in the years of of the Gaelic revival. And if, if you aren't an Irish nationalist, you definitely were once you got a, a sniff of the Gaelic revival because it was happening kind of all around you and you couldn't help but be shaped by it. So he went to the Dublin Metropolitan School of Art, which was a real progressive, forward-looking institution. But everyone around him was talking about the past. So that really shapes him. You're talking people like, you know, W.B. Yeats, Lady Gregory, the Abbey Theatre, all of this uh, is happening. And I think what's 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 interesting about people like like Yeats is, you know, they're not insular. They 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 see Ireland as part of this great European and worldwide kind of cultural 
movement, but they also think that the uniqueness of Irish culture has to be pushed to the fore. So even today, if you go and look at the Abbey across the, the Liffey from here, the logo of the Abbey, it's Queen Maeve and our Irish wolfhound. You know, these people were, they'd one foot in the future and they'd one foot in the past. And Shepherd kind of emerges as the, the great sculptor uh, of this time. Beautiful statue of a pikeman. Listeners down in Wexford will know it. Uh, to see and he takes his time with his work I mean he unveils the foundation stone in 1898 and the statue in 1905 so <laughs> you, you had to wait for it but it was very much it was worth it he was a perfectionist and just as we've all lived through an enormous centenary you know 2016 who could forget 2016 it felt like it would go on you know forever the postage stamps Bob Geldof it was just a year of talk about the past the same thing happened in the late 19th century and this generation were really swept up by 1898 but he, he he was I suppose he was the great artistic expression if you will of how a lot of people were feeling and what, what kind of influence did he have then on Irish sculpture and what we maybe see around us but don't necessarily yeah and um, uh, journalists walk by his work all the time and, and don't realise that the Department of Industry and Commerce on Kildare Street you know, a beautiful building on the other mm. side of the street from, from the doll and from the museum it's kind of like the, mad, mad men inside uh, and rustic outside beautiful really, kind of yeah. art deco interior but if you look at the outside of the building the figures that are carved into it they nearly look like they're, like they're Soviet you know Gabriel yeah. Hayes really talented young Irish sculptor. She did that work. She was a student of Shepherd. Willie Pierce, you know, later the fight uh, in the 1916 Rising himself, you know, he was uh, a student of, of, of Shepherd as well. So, you know, at the same time as, as, as he was working, the, even the people he was teaching were all being swept up by the same kind of, of feeling and emotion. Patrick Pierce had another obsession with uh, Cullen and one, one student of Pierce's school Desmond Ryan had a great line he said when we went to school Cullen was so ever present he was like an invisible member of the school staff Right <laughs> it's a, yeah it's, it's remarkable to think of the and of course it then uh, went on to influence some of the rising leaders who in a, a sort of a strange look ahead to face Saw this monument which would become a monument to themselves which mm. is kind of weird when you think about it and I, when you stand at the window of the GPO and anyone that's walking down O'Connell Street in Dublin today uh, you look at it and people stop and stare at this piece of art if you haven't seen it before and it's re- it transfixes people Cucullin, in the window of the GPO and I think when you look at it you think well that's a perfect response to what happened in this place you know Shepherd got to the heart of it but actually the thing went on display in 1914 so mm-hmm. it's older than the Rising and it was kind of later adopted to symbolise the Rising and Pierce was actually moved by it which I find very odd you know this great monument to Pierce that Pierce was impressed by but he says Oliver Shepherd is one of the most creative minds in Ireland today he dreams beautiful dreams of era. He has tender reveries of her past, ambitions, mighty things for her future. So this brilliant piece of art then ends up basically sitting in Shepherd's studio uh, after Irish independence before it, it finally gets its day in the sun. Mm. Um, so I suppose what Shepherd then could never expect later down the line is that loyalists would then co-opt that image. That's the bizarre thing about it. De Valera sees it in, in Shepherd's studio. He says that is what we need. And in the 1930s, they unveil it uh, at the post office. Dev does the does the honours and it takes on this kind of great meaning then for Irish nationalists you can actually walk into the gift shop of the GPO and buy a miniature of Cucullin you know for us it, it is the symbol of, of the post office in Dublin but what is Cucullin? I mean he is in Irish folklore he's the ancient defender uh, of Ulster so he's a synonymous with you know the northern region of Ireland and that meant I think that you, you could kind of like Henry Ford said you can have it in any colour you want Cucullin <laughs> You, you could be a unionist, you could be a loyalist, you could be a nationalist, you could be a republican. All of these people had the ability to say, no, this is the Cucullin we believe in. So when De Valera unveils this statue in the window of the GPO, the Fine Gael newspaper comes out and says, you know, this man, he says, he didn't fight as Fionn McCool had fought against foreigners. He fought against only Irishmen, arguing mm. that he shouldn't be there. And if you go to the north, you get this bizarre thing where 
you know, in West Belfast, you have murals of, of Coo Cullen and you know, the, the, the heroism of the Rising or the Hunger Strikers. But then you can walk down the Shankill Road and you see these murals of Coo Cullen as the defender uh, of Ulster. So he's someone that exists in both tribes, in both camps. You know, there's a very, very different idea uh, of just what he means. And then, of course, being on the front page of a, a Fontaine's DC album, which <laughs> kind of makes it eternal. It's remarkable. You know, it, 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 I always wonder, you know, it, it, this is what happens with a good piece of art. It takes on a new life and it continues to take on new lives even after the artist is gone. And I suppose it represents self-sacrifice, bravery, defeat, victory uh, in defeat. And, you know, going back to what we were saying about Ford, everyone can have their cooking cake and eat it. But, you know, for an album entitled A Hero's Debt, I suppose this is the ultimate hero's debt. And would Oliver Shepherd, you know, a nationalist, a member of the Royal Hibernian Academy, believe that his work could be propelled to number two in the British pop music charts? Probably not. But, you know, likewise, he may never have expected to see a mural in, in Loyalist East Belfast with his piece of art on it. So when a piece of art is born, it takes its own life and Cullen proves that. Yeah, it's a remarkable connection to history. I do. I would love just to see the face of Shepard and the others to listen to a Fontaine's album and they, <laughs> the, just the, the ethereal music that is now that but they don't get stuck now. in the past, the Fontaine say, but they go there an awful lot. And I have to say, it's a really, really good album. Uh, and I think by comparison, the first album was great, but it really, it sounded like a load of si- singles put together. Mm. This flows like an album brilliantly and it's a great achievement. Yeah, and they will now have a set longer than 38 minutes, which is also <laughs> great for someone paying for concert tickets. Uh, Donald, listen, thanks for joining us. Uh, my thanks to Donald Fanel, author of the Come Here To Me books and the host of the Three Castle Burnings podcast.